Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the role of the 20 sided die. Ah, oh, crap, I did it again. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. So, Jordan, how are sa- you doing this week? I'm doing great because, as I said in the last episode, that this is not going to be a, <laughs> a world building episode. We're going to talk about our writing processes. So, I've been doing fine. As far as things that I've been watching, reading, writing, I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses still. I really just need to beat the game because grinding in it is kind of not helping it story-wise. Because it's like, ah, oh, yes, I am this black ma- uh, magician who devour of worlds. Come, you can't destroy me and my power. One hit, kill him. It's like, okay, what were you saying? <laughs> it's like, sorry, can you say that again? I miss it. Oh, yes, this great dragon. It's like, oh, he has been like wiping out all these other troops. And then just I circle him and just kill my team like in one round. It's like, okay, I really need to just stop like grinding because I'm I'm level forty. It's like, oh yeah, it's recommended level thirty. It's like should probably should probably cool that down. But yeah, See? Fire Emblem Three Houses is fantastic so far. Way more of a dating sim than any of the other Fire Emblem games. Are you enjoying that portion of it though? Like, do you kind of like that? Mm, I don't know. Cause like there's a lot of like there's a lot of dialogue in it and I've just been skipping like half of it. Yeah, I mean I'm playing Mass Effect right now. Conversing with other people dialogue, I skip most of it and like answer the questions to the best of my ability. It's just like I really I'm not a dating sim type person too much. Like it's it's also it's it's to a point it's weird to me because a lot of it's like, oh yeah, well I mean I'm playing as a woman, but still it's like, oh yeah, we're talking to these hot anime characters. Let's see which one falls in love with you. And it's like, I don't care. I just want to kill dragons with my silver sword. <laughs> and you it's like it's like and I've definitely multi-classed my character that they could do magic, sh- shoot arrows, and use a sword. Like I have an A skill in all of those, so it's I'm pretty much unstoppable. So why am I talking about my love life right now? I just want to kill everything. <laughs> you just want to play this game as a sociopath. I understand. I want to play this game as they used to be, where it's like you like chapter to chapter, you just fight pretty much war and like fight monsters and like dragons and like souls, all this stuff. But it's just like. Yeah, no, my 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 lead character's multi-class, and everybody else is, like, master class right now, so it's, like, we're pretty unstoppable. See, I don't know if I would enjoy, like, a real dating sim, because, like, I've played games that have it, like, um, what is it, like, not Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, you know? And I've really never gotten into it, but I also just felt like the dating aspect of it wasn't well done, so I don't know if I would enjoy that, if it was, like, well done in a game or not, you know? Cause I, it's weird to me because kid Jordan would have been down for this a hundred percent, but adult <laughs> me sees where it's weird a little. It can be weird. I'm not saying all dating sims are weird. I'm just saying it can be weird. Where 27 year old me is finding out which young hot like 20 something year old I want to date as a teacher. It's like what? Yeah, no, that's, that's a little weird. It's like I'm your teacher, you're my student. Oh yeah, they say in world that we're all around the same age, so it's not weird. But it's like. <laughs> It's it's weird that the students are like, oh hey there, teach, how's it going? Hot stuff, and it's just like, hey there, hot stuff. Oh here, here, so you like me more? Here's a sea anemone. Here's another sea anemone. Love me, love me. Okay, now we can have stronger attacks when we're standing next to each other in battle. That's really the only reason I do the flirting stuff, so we can like wreck everything that stands before us. 
Yes, that's right. I killed your father, and now I'll kill you just like I killed him. One hit kill. What were you saying? Sorry. I, I missed that part where you said you were going to kill me. Oh, yeah. I just ripped a hole through your dark portal you tried to lock me in. One hit kill. I am your god. <laughs> See, I've always had the problem in games like that that I wait under level because I don't like leveling. I don't like grinding. So then I'm always, like, pitifully underleveled. So, so that's the thing. When I first... So the first Fire Emblem I played was the first one released in America on Game Boy. And I played it. And so you have these characters called Lords, which are your main characters. If they die, that's game over for you. You have to start the level over. So I always kept them in the back and, like, just pretty much leveled out the strong um, units that they give you. That's not what you're supposed to do because your Lords will eventually become the strongest units in the game so when i got to the last boss i couldn't really do much because all my lords were still in their first form under leveled and so now so it's I'm like hmm? you're most powerful but you're most risky like, yes. players and yeah. so now that's what i like started out at the very first few levels i just put my like main character in the front and let her just take all the like damage and like level up and that's why she's like level 44 because i, I just run through and like i haven't actually i think in the last like five levels i haven't got to like any damage on her <laughs> because like seriously i have such a high defense now it's like oh yeah this unit that does like you know usually 20 30 damage does no damage on her or she'll just dodge it because i have a high evasion rate too because <laughs> yeah i min max the crap out of my character Magdalene, I love you. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, but that's that's what I've been spending most of my time doing. Like free time is like just getting on my Switch um, before bed and just playing like five minutes of Fire Emblem. Oh, is that a Switch game? Yeah, it's a Switch game. Uh, um, I've been uh, I've been playing Borderlands uh, three. The pre no oh. the pre sequel. I what are you playing that on? Wait, do you have Borderlands too? Because I still have I haven't beaten any of the Borderlands because every time we start, everybody gets too busy to finish it. Yeah, they're really long games, and they are. I haven't got. They are that a far. grind sometimes. I just want to play Borderlands because everybody talks about how great it is. I have and one, I am also two, one of the busy ones, though. and the pre sequel. Well, if you ever want to play two, I have two on my PC. I I will let you know. I do have it installed. Hey man, I'm down. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I'm doing. If you want to hear what Cody's been doing, you can listen to the bonus episode <laughs> where we talked about John Wick three, Godzilla, and um. Uh, us. Us. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I've been doing is um, Adventure Zone Amnesty is coming to an end, I think, either sometime this week or next week. They're oh, yeah. Yes. The last episode's I, out soon. Are you caught up? I, I did. I caught up. Oh, dude. I might be one episode behind, you know, like if it came out in the last four days. Oh, it came out last week, episode 35. Okay. So are you on episode 35? I have, I have not heard episode 35 oh, it's yet. good. And I'm really pumped for the endings. I really don't know what's going to happen, but I... I'm liking. Oh, is 35 not the end? No, 36 is going to be the end. Oh, I really liked it though. Um, can we talk about spoilers? Um, yeah, and if I think it's too spoilery, I'll just cut it. I'll just say I thought that they hander, handled character death very well. Um, Dude, that and I was impressed. Was with, that was so sad. I was impressed with how seriously they took it and how well it worked. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> But anyways, I think it's really good. Adventure Zone Amnesty is like, it's Monster of the Week, so it's more of like a horror, classical horror, less than like things popping out of scary you. It's like monsters and like fighting monsters to protect the city type thing and secret societies. It's really, really, really good. And if you like actual play podcasts, please check it out. It's really good. 
Also, if you like actual play podcasts, check out the Wandering Gamer Network. Yeah, Cody, we plug you at the end. Shut up. <laughs> also, if you like actual play streams, um, Instant Three Play, our dear friends, um, they do a Sunday stream of D and D Five E called Instant Roleplay. They do that, I think, at five five thirty to six Central Time. So that would be seven thirty to eight um, Eastern Time. But they're it's really good. I'm enjoying the story thus far. Um, and their last episode was really cool. They had a Berserk reference in it. Um, anyways, so let's, let's, let's start getting into it. As I said, wait, do you have anything else? Cause I've been talking. No, 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 that was, that was it. I'm good. So what we wanted to do this week was just take a little break as we used to do it. Five episodes of worlds. Then we would have like a deconstruction or something in between. And then five more episodes of world. But this week we want, so but recently kind of fell away from that where we've done like 10 episodes of worlds or like just lots of worlds. <laughs> the, the, and it's like, I don't the moral of the story is we're burnt out a little bit. Yeah. I got burnt out. <laughs> with that. Like, literally, it's like, even though we had a break in between, there's like, dude, we've done 10 worlds. Well, nine worlds in a row. I just need like to get my brain refreshed. So I'm not, cause I realized I started writing like the same type of thing over and over again. Yeah. And I want, I want to get to something new and fresh and yeah, Romance world is it's not going to be new or fresh, but at least it's not going to be the same things that I've been doing, like environmentalist stories. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. I was like, I figured it would be very different because it's oh, so it's outside different. Of your real it's house. not gonna it's not gonna be um world. It's not gonna be too much world building because I'm gonna have more of a story because I don't see how you can do just build the world of a romance story because I could just say it's Ohio. Romance story happens in Ohio. Well, yeah, you could, but that would be lame. Yeah, and I don't want to be lame with it. But anyways, this week we're gonna do. <laughs> Um, talking about our writing process. So I guess the really the thing that I want to start out with, just because we've talked about this so many times, and you always say that like you don't like world building or don't think it's necessary. And I wanted to start with that because our show and what we write are worlds. So why don't yeah. you think world, <laughs> world building is necessary? And when the heck would it even be necessary then? So I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, like, Obviously, oh, when I you say hyperbolic, what I know when I say hyperbolic doesn't matter, or sorry, when I say world building doesn't matter. But what I mean by that is, I think a lot of times, particularly with fantasy or sci-fi, um, that is treated as a good in and of itself. Knowing all of the facts about your world becomes more important than the story or the message that you're trying to get across with the world. So if you look at any fandom, right, a lot of times what people spend a lot of times bickering about the and talking about, well, it's the trivia, right? Oh, well, this person did this at this time, and this planet's called this, and these people are from here, yep. and this is their Star history. Star Wars, I'm looking at you, because I always get yeah. caught out for not knowing enough about Star Wars. The other one, like, and I mean, I could go on and on about, like, different times that I've run into this, where I'm like, to me, it's just the least interesting part of a story. And what I like is when World Shop is done in a way, when, sorry, when World Building, not World Shop, is done in a way that is effortless. When a world can tell you its story without having to club you over the head with it because it's so well written. So in that way, I like it when the world building kind of takes a back seat because the world itself tells its own story. It explains itself just by existing. And so like you, you like more present. of so well what we do is we just make a world and then put a story in it. So what you like is when that the story starts and you 
Kind of like with what we were saying about John Wick, it's kind of slowly revealing itself as you go in, and we're not just getting 10 minutes of exposition saying, and then this person did this, and this is why this rule exists, and this, and that, and this. Yeah. Yeah. I like it when the world building, you're like discovering it as the story's going on, but the story is clear enough and coherent enough that you don't need all the background to understand what's happening. But it's because the story itself is relatable. Is having all of that background necessarily bad though? It's not necessarily it, bad. I so think you're saying it's more bad over- if it's up top rather than being dispersed. I think it's problematic if it becomes the point. So, and that's as much to do with the people reading it as it is the people writing it. Um, so, you know, if people treat the world shop as the only thing they, I keep saying the world shop, the world building as the only part of the story they care about, I do think something is missed. But if it's treated as a way to facilitate a story, or if it adds to the story, well, then it's great. It's just, it depends if that actually happens or not. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I see, because I've, well, I was going to say I read a lot. I don't. I watch a lot of things, and I do believe that there is, like, a proper way of world building, and there is an improper way of world building. And the improper way is, I will say, Final Fantasy thirteen as an example, where there was just all of this stuff in your world, and they had, like, a pretty much a Bible on all the stuff you could read up about it, and they just threw you in there, and you're like, world! And it's like... What in the world is even happening right now? There's crystals, there's this train of people being sent to this place, people are turning into crystals, there's this giant dragon flying this guy. What is all this stuff world? So like, just my improper way of world building is just throwing a cluster at the audience and saying, exposit, here you go. Yeah. And I think a proper way, um, I would say, like a proper way without being too expositional i will say full metal alchemist kind of does this where it's like they give you the basic law of equivalent exchange and then as we go we see how that interacts and how what negative things can come from it and how this magic and thing interacts through it and they're introduced like one by one to these things is that i would i would agree with yeah i would agree with that i mean to me another example of really cool world building and i we talked about this on the bonus episode is john wick i thought the first john wick did an excellent example of the world building was very fascinating and, but it didn't, it never felt like it was introducing you to the setting. The characters just moved through a fascinating setting. And I really found that interesting and, and engaging because the setting itself didn't need explanation because the characters understood it and interacted with it so naturally. So, so is that why, like, some of your worlds are more nebulous and um, you you kind of create this story with it and then, like, interweave your worlds rather than doing what I sometimes do and, like, and this, 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 this. Is that why you kind of weave it? Yeah, I mean, the reason why, like, naturally I'm always going to lean on the narrative more is because generally I find the... I find telling the world through a narrative way more fascinating. Oh yeah. So <laughs> like originally, so originally when we first started out, right. Um, you mean that travesty we, of an episode one that we had? Well, really episode two, if we're being honest with ourselves, the reason why I started writing in a first person voice through most of my episodes and would frequently do it in like a Frankenstein esque like, uh, you found journals or something like that is because I just find that way of telling stories a lot more engaging 
than just like a textbook of what's of what's happening. You know what I yeah. mean? And I mean, and I like kind of adapted that as we went on. I think I the first time I actually kind of adapted into that was episode three, where I did the um the planet without water, and it was like from the journals. Like, the, the scientific journals of Sayer Abagata, and he was talking about, like, oh, yeah, we saw this planet, and this stuff was happening as we went through, and then this happened. Like, I tried to do it as more of a story rather than with my first yeah. few episodes of, like, oh, the sun looks like this, and on the ground we have this type of people, and here we have this, and tried to do it more as a story because I think naturally it flows better, and honestly, that's a lot more fun to write than it is it's, just yeah. to exposit on top of a page. So I guess, like, we can do this in two parts, really, because I'm actually interested to hear this from you. When we first started, like, what did you have prepared for the episode, and has that changed from when we first started into what we have now? Um, It's definitely changed. Like, when we first started, so when... I want to say, like, and correct me if I'm wrong on, like, this history of our podcast... We, you mentioned to me, like, hey, I think it'd be fun to do a podcast together. And I was like, yeah, I agree. I just don't think we should do a specifically review podcast because there's, like, a um, lot yeah, of podcasts. Yeah, because I came with you saying movies and anime is what our original idea yeah. is. Well, and I think it was just, like, generally this is what I'm interested in. What would be a good podcast to yeah. do around that? And the point that I was making is, like, Everybody well, we should does do a something... movie or anime podcast, yes. Yeah, like, we should do something to differentiate ourselves and have 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 a more unique product right so i was like an example could be world shop the podcast we make worlds based on the role of a 20-sided well, dice no, it did not it definitely didn't start as that you said world building let's build like let's try to like do this type of thing which i am so confused about. and then we talked about it more and then fleshed out the idea of building worlds um, having pro i think i was the one who actually came up with rolling the 20-sided die oh you know what you're right you're yeah right. i was right. the one don't steal my only contribution to i didn't remember yeah i was like hey why don't we write out a bunch of props and then roll it every episode yeah because yeah. it was kind of because originally my thought was that it would be like these are worlds that we could run an RPG in. Yeah. And that's still kind of true. I like, would say to a point because like when I describe say we built D&D style worlds, which not really because you can't run an RPG in every single one of our worlds. No, I would say that that is sometimes true and then other times very not. It just kind of depends and on the That's prompt. how I started is trying to write D&D worlds. Like try to write something yeah, that you could play a game in. And so you'll notice and that's that starting absolutely off. for me. What it was when we started was these are worlds where I could see us running a game in this world. So I basically tried to set up all the stuff that I would need to run an RPG in this setting. So frequently that meant having some like narrative hooks in there that could be used to run a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like usually there was a conflict in the world that your then your RPG story could deal with. Yeah. And then it just happened to be that well and also when we first started out too, we had a section that was tell a short story yes. in, in the we, world. We never explicitly said we were gonna stop doing that. We just naturally went to just telling stories in our world. Well, and it just became like I think eventually we both I don't remember who did it first, but it was just kinda like the story was the whole thing and the story made up our world shop where we would describe the way we described the world was through a story. Yeah. Um, and I think that that just flowed a lot better. 
I um, think you kind you kind of started that with your narrating in episode two, and then it just started evolving because then I did like an actual story for three, and then like so on and so forth. We just kept diving more and more into actually creating stories. Yeah, and I think eventually what we fa- yeah, like I said, we both just found out that it was a lot easier to write in a first person voice. So now what I'll usually do is either the whole thing will just be a narr- a narrative yeah. where a character's telling you about the world. Or what I'll do is I'll have like a bulleted list of these are the important things about my world. And I'll also have a narration. So I can kind of explain a little bit about the world with the narration. And then I'll go into like finer detail of like, this is what I was talking about. These are the important points about my world. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. Like you'll do like, cause I do it too. We'll have like a story section and then it's like, okay, here's, here's what this actually meant and what this has to right. do with the world and then we'll move down the idea process and the world building starts the second that i roll the dice or you who the second that someone rolls the dice and we announce what the prompt is so okay so it starts the the second that like we roll the dice and we decide and so for me like let's say for um let's say for 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 magic world is I, the things that like, what magic means to me are like having something, performing something to create some sort of magic spell. And so I started thinking about like, how can I work that in? And then came up with the fully fleshed idea. And then on, I think that month, um, no, that one actually was special. That Saturday I went home and I started writing it. And I wrote, I just start typing and then, my stories and I'll since we have it separated in four parts I'll start talking about geography what do I want what did I want the world to look like it looks like this specific thing okay next flora fauna really don't care about flora fauna so try to throw something up together <laughs> something together whatever the history I always have my history and have my plot line decided by the time like by the time I start writing but is it like that for you because I'm I do very um I guess I flush it out first and then write it down is how it's always been usually for me what it is is that like so i've like i i said this one time and you made fun of me because i said that i kind i'm of a discovery writer yes <laughs> and what i mean by that is sometimes all i have when i start is like a character or a loose idea like we have a prompt right and then I'll just start writing in a voice about that idea, and it just kind of goes someplace, which is how so frequently I get yellow card worlds. Is that <laughs> that you don't um, write? I'm trying the to prompt? think of a good example. Yeah, where like I start writing, and it just ends up not being about the prompt because that's like I didn't mean to. It's just like that's not what it ended up being when I started writing this. You know, I'm trying to think of an example of a world where that was very clearly that way. I you know the seasons world is actually a really good example of this. Where, like, I just kind of started telling a story in that voice, and that story just kind of took shape, and it was sort of about seasons, but kind of not really, if we're being honest with ourselves. So that was kind of an example of where I didn't have that planned out when I put pen to paper. I just wrote, and that's kind of what came out. So I I guess for me, it's really coming up with, like, what does this topic mean to you? What what? forms in your head when you think about this topic so i guess a more relevant example that i'll be able to flesh out a little bit more is talking about for next week's episode is um a world where a romance story could happen in and so to me i start with what 
like what is a romance story to me? What is like what does that mean to me? And it means to me star-crossed lovers who are never supposed to like intersect, they meet and they fall in love. And so I literally took the phrase star-crossed and that's what I'm going to do is someone from the stars falls in love with someone from the land and then they they're not they're completely different and then they find this love and it's always there's someone in romance, there's always going to be someone against it. Who's going to be, like, let's make an antagonist, and how does this work in the world? So how how does it work in the world? It's like, do they just fall in love, or is there something where everybody is supposed to fall in love by a certain age, and now this character, like, who primarily... So it's like slowly fleshing out what this is supposed to mean to me. Um, I guess the most recent magic one that I did was supposed to be fleshing out, like, what does magic mean to me? What do I want to say with this magic world? How do I want the magic to be performed? What ends like, and then like coming from like pulling inspirations, like what magical properties do I like? Like what things have magic in it that I can write from? So the one thing that inspired me for the most recent magical world was the swamp from Avatar The Last Airbender. And so I kind of formed, so I kind of formed a swamp. It's like, okay, so because I, you usually see, I wanted, and that was one where I wanted to do something different because you usually see magic worlds being in kingdoms or being like at a magical school yeah. or this. I was like, I don't want to make a kingdom. I want to do something different. So what is different? And it's like a swamp yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Okay, now how do we get there? So is a swamp the whole world or is it not? What's like, so I guess when I start writing, what I have prepared is pretty is probably not the same for most people. It's pretty much the whole world. I have the whole world prepared when I start writing. <laughs> because yeah, I definitely don't have that. I usually find it as I'm going. Yeah, and and and, and I I definitely know that my way of writing is a lot different from most people's. Like when we did our story episode, you want to know the truth? I had my hmm. story completed the by the time we did the pitch episode. Not not yeah, written I down. I had that. it in my head of exactly what I want to do. The two characters, where I want to take them, they were in my head. I had the major themes of, okay, first part is going to be meeting Magda. Second part is going to be Magda getting hurt. Third part is going to be on the way to, like, like um, sorry, is going to be like the redemption arc. And then the last part is going to be the big battle and then like saving the world type thing. And yeah. so there was a couple things that weren't too clear for me, like that I wanted to do, like, oh, did I want them to fall in love or did I want it just to be a very platonic, like best friend relationship? It was like, I actually originally wrote that the Trident wasn't going to, like, they were going to find out the Trident had no magical properties and it was going to be about the adventure rather than actually finding a magical item. But then I thought that cheapened yeah. the adventure. But yeah, like when I sat down to write um, the Legend of Emery, I had the whole thing planned. I, yeah, I very rarely, like what I'll usually have before I start writing, if anything, like sometimes I don't even have this, <laughs> is like a theme or a joke or something I find funny about the idea. Um, so... I'm trying to think of another good example of this, but frequently I struggle until I get kind of like a little kernel of an <laughs> idea and then I'm kind of off to the races. With the seasons world, what kind of was the click that made it go, oh, okay, this is what I'll write about, was going, what was what was it? It was like 
You're sleeping with a hero, usually, darling. Well, it'll it'll usually be like some little phrase or something that starts it off. Um, like I think with the seasons one, I wrote like this isn't our world or something like, and in a character's voice, I wrote them saying something about the world, like we're not meant to be here, which was like kind of the start of the seasons world, or like for oh here's a good example. Um, oh gosh, what what was the world where? I don't remember what was the dice roll about it. It was the one where uh, there's like an underworld that people go to on adventures that's like full of like twisted technology and old treasures and machinery and history. And someone like keeps chasing further and further and deeper and deeper into it and getting their friends killed in the... Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, That prompt was the world you would want to live in, I think. Was that it? Yeah, th- I think that might be right. And the reason that, and what I wanted to handle with that one was, like, the importance of community over ambition. That, like, so the start of that world was, I want to live in a world where people favor community over ambition. And then I wrote a world about favoring community over am- over ambition. And then, for me, that world, for me, the thought was, I want to write a cool mecha battle world. And then it's like, but I, yeah. it's like, I don't want to do war because I don't like want a world where everybody's dying all the time. And it's like war torn because as cool as Gundam seems to me, it's like Gundam is always about war and a lot of people died during it. So it's like, I want to do something it's like that's like, so first I want to have mecha battles. Second, I like magic. So I want to somehow interweave magic in it. And then third... I want it to be a world where everybody's included and no one like and no one is at risk of dying to do this game. Yeah, yeah, because that is pretty freak like mecha anime is generally pre- pretty yeah, bleak. Pretty bleak. <laughs> and so that was I guess more so it was the thought process. So I guess where do I start with it? I start with the things that I want to put in it, and then I work in how they work together. So the magic, the robots use magic, and you can channel magic through yourself. Because I like the idea, and and this is one thing I guess that I really like with mag. Well, that I want with magic is that in a lot of magic worlds, only certain types of people can use magic, and I don't necessarily yeah, like that. Frequent. I don't like having certain groups or certain people being shut out because they can't do certain things. So when I do create magic, you'll notice that pretty much every world, everybody can perform magic. There are just people who are better at it. And that's the difference. Well, and I agree. That is kind of like a trope of a lot of magic worlds. As much as everybody loves Harry Potter, it's like, oh yes, I'm in this house and that house, but only certain people in Harry Potter can use magic. So if you actually did live in yeah, this, we're all actually yeah, if you actually muggles. did live in this world, there was a high chance that you would not be a, a magic user. And I, I don't like right. that idea of not being inclusive, especially writing worlds with the hopes and ideas that someone else could take this world and write something in it, be it fan fiction, be it a um, campaign, be it like a tabletop campaign or whatever. The idea is that someone else could also take this world and use it as their own. So I don't want it to be like, oh yeah, if you were in this world, you couldn't do anything in this world. So so at least <laughs> right. we're writing. Yeah, that's so that's that's one thing that I always want to try to do, especially when I use magic, is that everybody uses magic. But in the magic and science world, yeah, there was one side that could use magic, one side that couldn't. But I also gave them science and gave them the technology, so it wasn't like they were being left out. And there was that part where people were learning how to use the magic 
on the other side. Because I, I just, I don't like well, it was, magic worlds that are exclusive. It was also kind of brought up as being problematic. Yes, 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 yes. Like, people did not interact with that well as yeah, a result. Yeah, and then there know? was a side that tried to summon the devil. <laughs> um, so, so I guess, what are some themes that you like putting into your world like is there are there themes because you can already i bet you could tell me some of the themes that i like writing <laughs> so um it's tough and and i'm guessing this is kind of this is something that you brought up that i think i, I kind of wanted to say as well is a lot of it depends on if i've read or heard something interesting that i want to explore more yeah. recently um so like you brought up wanting to have magic in a swamp because it's usually in yes, such yes, a yes. like fantastical area so putting it in a swamp is interesting a lot of times my themes come from i read something and now i want to talk about it more <laughs> or put my own spit on it and then that's what i end up writing about um but frequently a lot of my worlds um i try to make them about community yes, and about I've, oh i um, have noticed i was trying to think as you were saying like what themes that you have like, oh yeah no it's definitely you like communities and when people come together to solve a problem i i like worlds where um like being a solo heroic person doesn't solve a lot of problems um so i enjoy these worlds where it's about a community coming together so again that world that i want to live in right like i said i wanted it to be about community over ambition so you see a main character who gets destroyed by his ambition despite the fact that he's yeah. good at what he does it's like no one's really good enough to handle their lives by themselves it takes him working together with a community to be able to survive and thrive so i like those themes because i feel like frequently they're ignored in fantasy and a lot of times fantasy is much more like of a power thing where you're meant to imagine yourself as this one heroic character the, doing the chosen this one, one heroic which I, thing. We've talked about not really liking to write. Yeah, so that's why I try to avoid that. Um, I also enjoy... I don't know if this is a theme or more of like a motif. Isn't a motif a theme? But... Uh, we don't have to get into so it, but I, I thought they say, were the same thing. Sorry, so I guess in my mind, a motif would be I always write worlds that include bears, and a theme would be I write worlds about... Uh, the nature of wilderness compared to humanity. The motif is bears. The theme is the wilderness. You know, anyways. I could be wrong oh, about that if a literary uh, person in wants a to a literary me, piece, a motif is a recurrent image, idea, or symbol that develops or explains a theme, while a theme is a central idea or message. Okay, so I was right. So bears could be a motif. And, and community um, the is danger. The and so, yeah. So a motif, I think, would be... Um, I think kind of like brain spaces or just not defined worlds. Like I, I like worlds that are kind of abstract and not set in stone because again, I just don't find the setting it in stone super appealing to me. It's just not what I like in world building. I like it much better when the world itself is some kind of metaphor for the theme at hand. So like the breath, I wanted to talk about like, the nature of like yourself being reflected in a journey that like it's a world that is just meant to facilitate the need for a journey and the need for challenge is what the yeah. breath was about, you know, whereas um, world that I want to live in that sub world was again, a metaphor for 
like the desire for challenge, but also being able to get lost in it. It's dark, it's deep, it's never ending. Ambition is something you can just keep chasing after and it can cost a lot. And at the bottom of it, there's just a monster <laughs> that tries to kill you. And, 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 all and of I your guess friends. for me, what <laughs> I took from the breath is that it is a world with endless exploration. It is a world where whatever you want to find is what is going to be given to you. So why not yeah. gather that confidence you can and try to find it. And it's a world that is reflected. Like it is a world of what you is what you make it where it's like, like with the story I wrote, the character had no confidence, so his boat sucked and he couldn't find anything, but he was paired up with someone who was confident, who was adventurers and was seeking a goal, and so they found their goal. And that's that's what the breath meant to me. And like and I guess I'm trying to use that to say that like these themes and these worlds can be anything that you make them. You can form a theme. The theme doesn't have to be what I say it is, it can be what you want to pull from it. What about you? What are some themes? Oh my that gosh. Okay, try to name at least one theme that I go for. Um, uh, God hates us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God hates us. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it was like the last world shop you did. I'm just like, does God hate you, Jordan? I, it's just like, there's always gods. They're always upset. They're always so I, bad at humans. Okay. So I have the theme that nature is important. I have a lot yeah, of, yeah, yeah. and I you, didn't you even realize that I wrote like that until like the fifth world about nature being important. I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, it's like, yeah, Jordan, you are like, kind I'm of a kind of an environmentalist without really knowing it. Like I am not someone who's always outside of nature, but I do like nature a lot. And I do think that it is something that is very important and must be taken care of because we can very easily just destroy everything around us. And well, and I definitely, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, but I think you bring up something that's important, which is, I think all in all, a lot of times our worlds end up being about our anxieties. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I am concerned with the notion that people do Community. not value or do not. Yeah. Aren't, are incapable of understanding. Like, they either don't value or don't recognize community and appreciate it for what it is. And I think it is a problem that people face right now is that like we either undervalue community or don't recognize it when it's there. So that's frequently comes up in my writing because it's something that I find frustrating is like and it's, it's the anxiety of, it. of so, like seeing you know. people just neglect the world around us like so much. And like, right. not see, like, you see it in a lot of the times when I do write these environmentalist worlds that I write like, oh, yeah, this world was great. We wrecked it. And now we're trying to fix it again. And that happened in Exia, which was the um, it was sorry, the seasonal world that happened in the um, Chartonia, the um, tree world that I just did. That's happened like left and right. But another theme that I do, I mean, is like a lot of. um the, I guess the point of view from the segregated race, I guess it's like equal. Yeah, it's equality. True. I guess it's like finding equality and like fighting back again and realizing that we are all the same. So like my um, supernatural world where we had the people that believed all monsters are evil. They must be eradicated. And the monsters were just like, Whoa, bro, we're just like you just trying to live. And with a lot of it is just like equality and finding out that we are all the same or we all have some place in that there is, not someone who is above another just because of where they're born or what they look like. And that's something that is like 
near and dear to my life. And that's something that is important. And also, I just, I don't know. I like writing, <laughs> you say God hates us world. So I like writing like the end of the world worlds and how the people yeah. react, interact throughout the end of the world. Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, I've thought about this a few times, like why apocalyptic worlds are always so popular. Um and there's a lot of reasons for it, but I do think that anytime there's like a shuffling of power, that that is like an understandable place to want to write a story, you know, because yeah, there's frequently apocalyptic worlds. Well, and that's actually something I kind of try to write against sometimes is like um, cynical worlds is also something that I kind of try to avoid sometimes um, because I do think we are very cynical about the world that we live in. And don't always believe it can actually get better. Uh, um, so I sometimes kind of try to write more yeah. optimistic worlds, even if something bad has happened. They're like, I like writing worlds about people putting it back together and like still valuing life and humanity. I like bleak things, as you'll see when I start talking about my references. I, I like bleak things. And so one, trying to think, oh, so for musical world like the dancing world where it's like you know towards the end of it the city kind of became empty most people were inside so i kind of like this idea of the empty world where it's like you know things are close to the end everything like people are gone what does that look like what does it look like when people are afraid and i kind of i do kind of like bleak worlds and my influence i'll talk about that a little bit later but that that's just I, I don't know. I like sadness. I like mel I like melancholy. I like sadness. <laughs> but I do like hope. I do like worlds where you are empowered or where you can do something magical or something special to change the way people think or to change the way that the world interacts around you. I like that idea that a single person or a group of people can make things better. And that's a theme that I like to have throughout. It's like that I joe schmo can change the world oh yeah yeah and this is kind of like i don't know this is also a little bit um backwards <laughs> but i think another theme or maybe this is a motif i don't know someone else can tell me i i definitely like irreverence <laughs> yes um and that's not always just for like the yucks it definitely is that sometimes but the reason why frequently I lean on irreverence in my worlds is because I like stories that are challenging and challenge things that we hold sacred, but don't necessarily mm -hmm. know why. So I kind of like these things that are subversions that make us like think about why well, we like hold a going against the, the grain type do. thing. Yeah. 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 Like, this thing might be uncomfortable for us. Well, why is that? Like, what is at the source of that discomfort? And why do we do this other thing? So I like irreverence because I think it makes people question things about themselves that we kind of take, um, take for granted or just, um, what's it like kind of default back to, I like making fun of those things. So, so I guess really getting into it, like, so what does the actual like world building process look to you? Like, where do you start? How do you start? Like what, what is it when you sit down to write for this? What are you writing? Are you writing an outline? Where do you start with it? Are you starting order geography, flora, fauna, history, um, current, or you, like what, what is this to you? Um, ah. it's messy for me, which not surprising no, not to anybody. It's a mess. Um, 
frequently I just start out with the narration. In a world um, where... Yeah, I mean, it, it usually starts out in a world where something is something dun, dun, dun. else. That... Um, one man that is or woman frequently. or guy or girl or dog or dog person stands up to do something about something. That That is frequently right where I start is, is there um, for a whole lot of reasons. But mostly it's just it's what I'm most comfortable writing is I'll write somebody else talking about the world and then just kind of find it. Uh, a lot of times those like narrations that I write and end up not being the ah. first sections because I don't know what the world is until someone oh. starts talking about it. And then based on those narrations, I kind of write my first and second sections. Um, that happens pretty frequently where I'll just start writing something and then that will become section yeah, four, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I think in the, okay. So the seasons world, cause that one's kind of recent. So I remember it. Like I knew the conversation I wanted to have at one point, I kind of realized I wanted to have, that conversation where humanity tries to decide to tr whether or yeah, not to even, to even try, attempt yeah. to perpetuate itself. Yeah. So then everything else was just working up to that conversation. And while I'm working on the back part of the world, I'm also writing that conversation because it's actually what I wanted to write was, well, and it was kind of the flip side of having that conversation where these people are talking about whether or not humanity should give up. And then also then having the conversation where, their great-great-grandchildren are leading normal, very yeah. pedestrian lives that they take a lot of value in. You know, it's like they're just trying to get every... They're just going to work at this point, and they're late for dinner. And, you know, it's like those very relatable stakes yeah. that are only Usually a few generations away because... Sorry. <laughs> I like the Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I mean, did you just say that you like medium-well like stakes? Medium. You gotta have a little, little of the red in there. Rare. Oh, rare I thought you were gonna say well only. done. Wow. No, I don't oh like. Rare. I like. I, I like medium or medium rare. I do not go all the way to rare. Oh, okay. I love but rare. I guess so. I am an outlier, and I realize this. Actually, no. First, I want to ask. We had so we have a guest list since we have had guests on a few times. We have a guest list of like kind of guidelines for writing the worlds. Do you ever use that guest list? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I'm writing my first sections, I do consciously try to make narrations that explain some of those topics. There are definitely times when I just ignore it. Like, if it just doesn't yeah. make sense or there's nothing interesting to say, I will just ignore it if I don't think there's anything worth talking about. Which is 100% what I'm doing <laughs> with, with um, Romance World. Yeah, which is where we just get into it like, we're, this This is a yellow card world and we're just yeah, going like, to move past bro, that. Sorry, bro, it's not going to work. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's fine with me. Like, I think that that is kind of part of it. So, but that does, a lot of times I do actually try to make okay. that so, happen. So yeah. I guess where I start with every week is I literally will sit down and I will start with geography, our first section. So, like, what does this world look like? Where, like, what does this world look like? Um, I actually honestly do follow, at least for geography, I do pretty much follow like the guest guy where it's like so bodies of water what's in this sky, night sky it's like is there anything important to see up in the night sky it's like i follow that and that's how i develop the world flora fauna again i really don't care you can do any i'm telling anybody who wants to write you can do anything you want with flora and fauna and i think it is important not to get 
to into Flora and Fauna and to kind of talk about it where you can. So like with my tree world, like talk about the trees a little bit, like talk like what type of trees these are or what type of forest, but that can kind of come out in geography. But like a lot of the times with other worlds, like I'm not going to make up new animal species. And when I do, I can just throw together a few of them, but talk about that where you can, like with Swamp World, like I wanted to have the animals a little bit mutated, like different animals than what here. So I said like, yeah. oh, this type of crocodile or like this wolf bat and like things like things like that. And but I didn't like go into vast amount of detail about the individual flora and the individual fauna because like that is to me to me personally that is extremely boring. Others they might go into that and like when you have a world with all these animals, making up new animals is kind of hard to do. It really is. That's and, how I end up with kind of the lazy new animals. And so that I history, end up with. everything before society history. So I do like I said I do these in order. History, everything before history is necessary for making what this history like what should have happened in the world before and that's where i've really like put my most work into is history what was the story before this world what happened why is this important how did this shape the characters i'm going to talk about or shape the characters that you can put into this world what is going to happen so like that's history and then current is like really thinking it's like that's my final product is where i what i envisioned when I first started, like, thinking about this, yeah. is my current. Yeah, I just a lot of times write that kind of first, or I at least get the idea of that See, first. And before my thing is, it's in my head already, so I don't necessarily yeah. need to write it first because I, I, I'm saying I am an outlier because people who listen to this are like, oh my god, he already has a story done. It's like, oh, what, that I'm not good enough because no, 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 I'm just weird because i do i do a lot of time just thinking about weird honestly thinking about weird fantasy worlds i spend a lot of time like when i read i think about oh well, what can my world look like or what can my story look like when i write everything See, it's just, I, I think i spend a lot of time in that world i think my problem is i spend a lot of time coming up with characters yeah. and less time coming up with worlds <laughs> like so that's why a lot of times the voice of the character is really important for the world that i'm making because they have so much influence yeah, yeah. on it. Um, because it's kind of a world that forms around this character that I find interesting. And and that's again where, like, I think that you're right to say that Flora and Fauna to me is a useful section in that it serves the, the yeah. story. You know what I mean? It, it can easily become just this thing where you're like, and there's crocogators. They're crocogator-like, and that's just yeah, kind of and, a waste of time. And if you were writing, if you were writing actual novels, that is something that can there can be a scene with this weird animal, or oh, we can talk about these things as you go. But I don't think necessarily for this show, and really most things, you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time developing. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think it's one of those things that has to be of service to the story, and then it can kind of be useful. But otherwise, it just ends up being kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Because frequently, I think, yeah, I, I would say that usually Flora and Fauna is one of those things that I struggle to make a whole section out of. And usually it ends up kind of being about yeah, something right? else, too. A hundred percent. So these are, so I got a couple of fun questions I would ask. So I think, I think we kind of covered like where, how we do these things really hopefully hopefully and of course if anybody has any other questions you can email text whatever you want to us but um not text don't text me don't call me on the phone don't try to find my phone number because i'm pretty sure it's out there don't don't <laughs> just email at world shop podcast if you have any other questions or you're really actually no that's the question i'm going to do first now that i think of 
So what would you say to someone who wants to get into writing, who wants to get into world building, who wants to maybe write their own campaign or get into D&D? Like what, like what advice would you say? What things do you think would work for other people? Like what, what would you say to someone wanting to get into all this? I think for me, a lot of like the reason why World Shop was appealing for me to do was um, it's, it's the idea of actually finishing something, even if it's yeah, not perfect. I've, and I think that's true for a lot of writing and a lot of times the reason that people get kind of hung up on it and have trouble really digging in to any kind of writing is that we kind of are left with the notion that it needs to be good or it needs no, to be perfect. And I think it's a lot more important to just get the practice doing it and you'll get better the more you do it and you'll find out where your shortcomings are. Because, you know, yeah, you probably have some, you know. Oh, I, I have, have shortcomings, shortcomings every in the episode. way that I write. Yeah. But, like, for me, and I, I think we've talked about this before, um, and I, I made the mistake of telling you and Diana about it, right? I did NaNoWriMo one time, and it was a really good experience because it made me finish a novel, and it made me realize how hard that yeah. is, but it's really hard at the end, you know? It's like hard to make something satisfactory and then have it kind of be done. Um, so I think a lot of times if you're someone who's not already writing a lot and finishing stories, like just try to finish stories and they're going to be bad, but no one has to read them. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's okay. Your first story is not going to be great. And that's kind of, to me, the excuse that world shop gives us is every week we have to have written something so after that week, then it's kind of done and we can just go, okay, well, you know, that one maybe wasn't perfect, but that's okay. Cause next week I have another one and I'll try to do better that time. And I'll work on this thing that I think I could do better about, you know? And I, I guess for me, I pretty much fall along the same lines of saying like, just, I am a person who am very self-conscious about a lot of things. And I'm a person who is easily discouraged. And for writing stuff, especially if you're new to writing or if you have an idea and you're like, oh no, I'm scared of people who don't like it. It's like, just go for it. Just write. Like, yeah. don't be afraid. And if you write something and it turns out to suck or you think it sucks, just get rid of it and try again. But always try. You don't yeah. want to just stop at, oh, this. I'm not a good writer. Oh, this is going to suck. Just go for it. And like, a lot i am honestly speaking to myself because there's a lot of times what i do want to write stuff and i'm just like well that's gonna suck or i'm not i am not a good writer like you can eat maybe sometimes even hear how choppy i write like but i still go for it because i have these ideas and also all another thing i say all of your ideas are important if they are important for you to think about then they are important ideas don't ever let anybody tell you that your idea is bad. Unless you're just straight up stealing from someone else saying it's your own. That's bad. Don't do that. Well, and also, like, I don't know. To me, there's like, and I, I, I mean this in the most optimistic way, but it's something Jake the Dog said <laughs> from Adventure Time. Like, being sucky at something is, is the first step in being kind of okay at yeah. it. Like, if you've never written before, it's totally okay to have something yeah, to write something bad. And if you have this bad. grandiose yet, idea, and sorry, you go, yet, sorry. No, I was just going to say, but you kind of have to have that bad one to have a good one eventually. Like, no one starts yeah. out and is a great writer. No one does that. It takes work. It, it takes doing it a lot. So it's a, like, I don't think we should feel self-conscious about going like, yeah, this kind of sucked, but 
I enjoy doing I'm it. Just saying, I'm fine with that. And I'll try to get a little bit better. Don't let anybody talk you out of your idea. That's what I'm saying. Don't, yeah. And, but, yeah. like, just just put the work into it. And if if you have an idea, that idea is, and that idea is important to you, write about it. And if maybe, maybe like, a novel style isn't what you are meant to write. Maybe you need to do, like, a campaign. Maybe you need to, like, do a webcomic or something or whatever. But just get it out. And as far as world building goes, like... There's so much you can do, and there's so many things like you can write about. You, your world can be your own world. Just don't be afraid of it, and start like yeah, just just write and like yeah, just let let your ideas grow. Is pretty much what I have to say about it. it turns into more of like a power speech than I wanted it to be. But so here are the <laughs> questions I'm excited about. So <laughs> I'm afraid of these questions. <laughs> I'll start with the easy one first. Like what what has been the hardest topic to write or to cover for you? Uh like the hardest roll roll of the yes, dice. Yes, the hardest roll of the dice did. prompt. I don't know if it was the hardest, but the worst worlds I've written in my opinion are Dolphin World and what happens after <laughs> you die. Um, Dolphin World just ended up, I don't know. I just don't feel like it landed. No, it. it wasn't very good. <laughs> okay, screw you, Jordan. <laughs> um, and what happens after you die in my head was a better story than what it yeah. was. So that one, I was just like, I was disappointed in myself for what I ended up with. Like, I think it should have been better. Um, and I'm just not satisfied with it, but it's also hard to write that. Um, but for me, like, as far as just in general, something that I've, I'm trying to do, but is also difficult for me to do is I just want to do a better job of writing, like, conflicts that are more than punching each other and relationships that are... Basically, I want to be able to write a good romance, (laughs) Um, which, like, just beyond the fact that our next prompt is write a romance world, I want there to be elements of, like, love in my stories, and uh, right now they're just (laughs) art, (laughs) and I'm trying to work on that, because it's something that I want to be there, because I think it's something that's important to include in stories. I will say the hardest ones for me to write. We're definitely well. It's the ones where my mind instantly goes way too convoluted, or like I do have times where it's like I can't think of anything the first night, and that scares me because everything scares me. But the ones that like I really got stuck on were um, most recently last week, which was um, humans are not sentient. Yeah, that one was hard, but I ended up I ended up with something one that I was okay be- with. But that because one was I hard. like I just kept going too dark with it. Part of it was like the news cycle was really bad at the time, and I was just in a bad mood. Was um, world after time travel becomes available was really hard for yeah. me to write. And then um, <laughs> oh. Life is inorganic. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember what I did for that one at all. Was that the one where you like kind of grave me crap for making slaves? No, that was robot world. You actually made slaves. You made slaves and I basically made slaves fine. No, I like made slaves and then you No, what I did in that one is just robots weren't sentient, they were machines, and that was it. And you were I'm trying to Find my life is inorganic world. I don't remember what you did. I don't either, but I remember it was hard. Because I really liked mine for that one. That was the one where, like, there was, like, two competing, like, robot philosophers 
One of them was called like Bombastic Jones. Yeah, yeah, the other yeah. One was called like I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying for the life of me. Oh, okay. That's the one where I did the weird um Twilight Zone one. Okay, sorry. We had to take a break because I completely spaced out on what my episode fifty six. So this is one actually that ended up good, but it was really hard for me to come up with in the first place. But it's the one where I did the Twilight Zone kind of one, where the person wakes up in this white city and is just sent off to work, and then they realize. Oh yeah, and then they realize that they're actually just data downloaded into a machine after the world was destroyed by robots. Yeah, yeah, that was hard yeah, to write, but like I did like that. Aliens trying to. I, study I liked them. it, but that yeah. one was extremely hard to write. Um, no, that one was good. I remember yeah. that oh, one, but geez, I understand what you mean. Gosh, no, but I totally understand what you mean when you talk about like when you get a prompt and your mind just yeah, goes and you blank. just that is the well, you just worst. sit there <laughs> and just stare for a bit, like what in the world am i going to say and that is definitely how i felt about um about humans that's how i feel about romance but i I have my idea for romance it's just writing it down and actually making it a coherent thing is what's gonna bother me well and honestly that's kind of something okay so i love romance novels right but i do think that there is like a natural kind of self-consciousness to writing about love and romance which I think is unfortunate because it's like something that we all deal with and is probably far more essential to human life than violence, which we're perfectly comfortable talking about. And I'm sure that there's a message in there someplace to be made, but um, that's kind of why I want that to be able to be part of my worlds more because it it is something that I think we're a little, it, it's like an uncomfortable place and that makes it to me worth exploring. Yeah, you know what I mean? I get that. Like when I talk about irreverence being like, why are we uncomfortable with this? Like, what is it about romance that makes it hard to write about? I or mean, hard to violence talk about? is so much easier to write because I can easily write why I hate this person, but I cannot write why I love this person. <laughs> well, right. But like, I think that's something worth exploring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's some hmm. meat there that I think is worth so, delving into. Um, another question. Um, so what what type of worlds are your favorite? Like, so what what do you sorry what what are your favorite types of like? Yes, favorite genres will be the easier way to ask. Is like, and what do you excel at writing? Like, when you see this type of world coming, it's like, oh, I can really knock it out of the park because I'm really good at writing like westerns, or I'm really good at writing sci-fi. Like, what? And I can well, you can you can tell me what yeah. mine is because I already know like that's really easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean I do think it's like very easy to tell at some point. Like we both have certain influences that I think are immediately apparent. Like and and I think you kind of said mine. Like yeah, I watched a lot of yep. westerns growing up, and that ends up showing up in a lot of my worlds. And like I'm guessing, Jordan, I think you've watched a lot of anime because that does An- anime tend and to show stuff up with in magic. Yours. It's literally like yeah. I, I yeah. It's, it's a lot because I like that kind of story with the anime where it's like some you get these just weird powers or whatever. It's just I like magic and supernatural, and I'm really good at writing um, magic worlds because that's what I that's what I see something that I can make into magic. I get a big smile, and I don't know if you can tell what we do. And I just get this big smile. It's like <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Like magic and science. I knew what I wanted to do from that world from episode one. <laughs> I think, like, um, for me, and I think that you're going to be the opposite <laughs> of this, 
I think that for me, it's like what I excel at is small town shop, the uh, podcast where I talk and about I small town. And I excel at big, grandiose ideas, as you've noticed, yeah. especially when we did do the anime yeah. episode where I just had the world tree where thousands of worlds are interconnected. Do you think, do you think that is just the media that I we both I think that is heavily the media that we both consumed. I, I really do. That you have done small things, and I, a lot of anime, a lot of things, where they're, they're huge, and they're encompassing yeah. so much. Is there something about, like, scope that you find appealing? Because I don't, and I don't mean that as, I, like, a dig, I just don't write, I don't like writing I, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to think about that. And maybe, this might be something on a different episode, because we're running out of time. Um, it, Yeah, because that's what I would be curious about, is why it is that, like, big. scope is... Because it is like a consistency with your worlds is that they are always very big, and I don't. No, again, no, I don't mean that to my worlds way. are extremely big, and I, I think that makes it easier to write because you can, will write multiple stories in one world because you can pick different like places. Yeah, in it. and that's I, true. I don't know why I do, but I, I, I guess part of it is because it's called World Shop. The first thing I always do is build the entire planet. If you haven't yeah. noticed, I usually I build usually... the entire planet. I'm not really doing that for romance, so you'll be pleasantly surprised but yeah i i build a planet every episode <laughs> i don't know i like building single co- single continent planets is what it's turned into for me oh i was just gonna say like i always do the thing where it's like um and then five people crash land <laughs> on a planet so there's really only one place <laughs> so and this is the last my last follow-up and kind of what we're gonna talk about last but like what are your inspirations for world building like what what kind of do you think about when doing some of these so i can i'll just go first because i have mine literally written yeah, down I'm... um so like <laughs> i like a lot of stuff that has magic in it or some sort of like mystic thing that you don't understand but yet you can channel into a power and i i like i also like things with on the horror side things with monsters or things with something you don't understand that you need to defeat or overcome so a lot of the inspirations for me like Magic wise, I would say Full Metal Alchemist is a huge inspiration, especially when it comes to magic science and then how the two interact and how magic interacts amongst the people. Um, another big one, Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, I do really love the elemental magic yeah. and being able to shape the elements. Um, and then I also, when it comes to magic, I don't really like, I, I've got to the age where I don't really like magic being a certain defined things so like with full metal alchemist like it depends on how you write the formula is how like what type of magic you're gonna be it's not always like oh i cast a specific spell of lightning and shoot lightning or i cast a specific spell of barrier and do a like a barrier that will always look the same i like a lot of things so like yeah. the book uprooted that you had well that i read half of and never finished um it's Magic is what? not well defined. It's something that's nebulous and something that can be formed to be whatever you want. So, like my most recent magic world, um, the swamp or the bog or whatever I ended up calling it, like magic was some the energy of the land, and you can channel it and form it just by thinking about it. So, one thing like you can form fire, or you can, um, like have the wind shift and like whatever you want it to do. And I, I don't like what too well defined magic, like. I think that's something that should be left for video games because you need to have rules in video games, in, like, board games. So, like, in a video game, I need to know my spells, so I cast this, like, fire sword. also, at some point, like, why is it... 
why even have magic then if it's just science? Yeah. Is always kind of like my thing about it. It's like if there's these fixed rules, why don't you just call it science and yeah. say it's electricity? Yeah. So you know I, I mean? like very like loosely defined magic, and so like the biggest inspirations for me. Um, Full Metal Alchemist, Avatar, Last Airbender, Uprooted, just lots of things with magic in it. Harry Potter's a little bit of magic, but that's also more defined, but you can create your own magic in that. But I also like worlds where it, pretty much anybody can do magic. There's not too many of those out there. Yeah, it's really a common trope of like a world with magic is that like not everyone can do it. And then that's the conflict. It's like we fight because we can't use magic. But as far as sci-fi, cyberpunk goes... I like a lot of like the space odyssey. So when I wrote my space odyssey world, one that I, I that's an idea that's been in my head for years. Um, I was kind of forming from like Serenity, Firefly, a little bit of Star Wars with kind of like the mysticism in it. And just like um, a lot of the ones where you're just traveling out in space with a small crew. Because I like those interactions that you can have with a small crew of people. Um, then sci-fi, the cyberpunk side... Um, Definitely a hundred million percent Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love Ghost in the Shell. I have seen almost every property that is Ghost in the Shell, and also Motorcycle Guys here. I thought you were. I thought you were going to talk when you said Motorcycle Guy. I was like talking about no, no, no. Akira. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Akira. I I keep trying to watch it, and then I just never can for some reason. Like something happens oh. and i don't get to it and then oh shoot i'm stupid the other um space odyssey one that really affects me sitting right behind me cowboy bebop duh cowboy bebop is a oh, huge yeah, yeah. influence that was actually the main one i don't know why i brain blinked on it the main one that inspired me with my um cow with my um space um odyssey one was cowboy bebop that small crew of bandits who are not necessarily bad guys but they're not necessarily good guys either i really like that idea yeah. and that's also reflected in serenity firefly etc and i really like that idea um and then when it comes to like anime with some of my more crazier ideas especially the ones where i did do like the empty world ideas i talked about fully coolly fully coolly um alternative being the like one that stuck to my mind most um because they have an episode with that whole idea of the empty world and the way they portrayed it was really cool and like really unsettling at the same time but yeah also watch alternative please yeah i was gonna say it's i so, really need to watch i thought it's good you're probably FLCL. gonna hate it because you hate everything i like that is not true didn't like godzilla king of the monsters huh i like yeah but us, you didn't really like john wick like or john godzilla wick. you didn't like um what was the other one that i talked about for a long oh the it movie the first it movie didn't like that too much you didn't i i think we're gonna feel oh the same yeah we're gonna feel exactly the same i might honestly be worse on it than you really i i i'm curious now to say the there, least. there's a lot of things where i'm like yeah you'll love this you'll love this and you're just like no i'm like oh so hopefully you like alternative <laughs> because I thought progressive, fully cool progressive was trying too hard. Alternative was just a good anime set in the same universe. I mean, I liked the first one, so you know, there's like a good there's chance. There's also a good like chance you might I, you just watch alternative first, please, please. <laughs> yeah, because I because I did not like I watched progressive and I thought it was fine, but I didn't. Then I watched alternative. So like no, no, alternative is good. Progressive is oh, it's an anime. Anyways, what are your influences before I talk about anime too much? Because I always do that. <laughs> so I think my influence is any world that just doesn't show all of its cards or leaves some things unexplained. 
So I've already talked about John Wick as an example of a world that has a fantastical background in some ways, but it never makes it clear what that is. It's just kind of left to your imagination what that means. And I really like that. Um, Same thing with Hellboy, where there's just a lot of unexplained stuff in Hellboy, and it doesn't bother to ever fill in all the gaps. It just lets there be holes in the story where, like, how Hellboy gets around, why he's fighting the things he's fighting, like, all of those things kind of take a back seat and are left to your imagination. And to me, having those gaps leaves the story more open to have more stuff written yeah. inside of it. So when everything's so locked down tight, it becomes very rigid and you can't always expand your story very well. This is kind of why I, I enjoy mythology or like, um, I like Zelda for this reason. Cause I know that they've like come out with books that are like, this is the timeline of Zelda. And I'm like, I think you yeah, guys are missing just the point. stories that happen. They're legends. The, the <laughs> point is that, Zelda and Link are are yeah. mythological characters. They don't have yeah, a fixed origin. Legends. They're not real. <laughs> yeah, there's there doesn't need to be a canon. The point is that when these stories come up, there there's a, there's like this enemy, there's the princess and there's the hero of time and these are the stories of those characters that keep repeating throughout time and it doesn't matter where in the history of Hyrule that lands. Now what I like is when you see the ruins of a castle and it never tells you where that yeah. castle came from. That's a mystery. That's a mystery now I get to fill in as the audience. I really like that. So, like, looking at Breath of the Wild as something that has great world building, you come across the ruins of the Temple of Time. Why Why is that? I don't know why that's there. I don't know the whole story of that building being abandoned and now being in this weird place with a dead king living in it. I don't care. The point is that it leaves wonder and whimsy in the world so i like that i like when there's an underworld that is not explained <laughs> um so that's why a lot of times my worlds yeah. aren't super well defined because i think putting all that definition in it kind of cuts out the ability to tell a larger story with just in a world that feels a certain okay yeah no i i like that a lot so a couple for me a couple honorable mentions of things that i do look for for inspiration throughout um horizon zero dawn video game ps4 revival um comics which was the one where a bunch of people came back to i think i even did a world like this where a bunch of people came back to life and they're like finding out the mystery of why is that's happening and um it was the main character like her sister had like she didn't know her sister died had just come back to life and like figuring out who killed her sister and like that's the big thing and um yeah i definitely did a world i forget which world it was but i definitely did a world like this i think it was like um it's apocalypse thing right now i think it was that one yeah yeah with the <laughs> yeah. bloody river was, and stuff yeah solid, no, those are uh... all things directly inspired by revival <laughs> well and also okay this is something i think that's entirely valid to say if you're starting out writing don't feel bad when you rip oh, off yeah, yeah, stuff totally that's that's just the nature like i heard a musician one time talk like a really good guitar player talking about how like all the best guitar players are just sponges, you know? Like, you absorb all of these other things that people have done and kind of put them together and put your own spin on them. And that's all creativity is. Like, I don't think there's any shame in being inspired by something else or by someone else's work. No, Sorry, no, that's I fine. No, I, 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 no, I, re I really <laughs> do agree with that because there are... Do you, 
if you listen to me and know the kind of stuff I like, you will definitely see elements in it. You will definitely, because yeah. I definitely got called out for it when we did our first Magic World, and I like had it where you draw symbols and then you press together the symbol and create magic with it. It's like, oh, you stole that from Full Metal Alchemist. Like, yes, yes, I did. I I directly ripped yeah, that from but Full, Metal Full Metal Alchemist. Alchemist stole it, and like. That's a stolen idea of a stolen yeah, idea. It's like idea. I 100% you know I mean? wrote that with Full Little Alchemist in mind. Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah. and then Princess Mononoke is another one where I did have elements of that in one in my Disney World actually. The Wolf Princess I had, um, yeah, elements of that, yeah. and she was supposed to be like the wild one as perceived by the outside world, but she was actually like. You know, not the wild one. But it's just, I, I, there's a lot of things that I grab from because I do like the ideas, but I'm never tr- purposely like, oh no, I'm taking this idea and I'm making it better. No, no, no. I'm inspired by these things because these properties are things that I love and that are like really, really close to my art. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever like directly exactly ripped something off, but I'm pretty like, there are times where I'm like, this is very heavily oh, influenced by <laughs> this piece of media or this yeah. genre, you know. And I just I just think that's inevitable and can also be kind of fun. Like, I think it's sort of a, you know, it's a, an exercise a lot of times people suggest when making video games. Like, when you first start out, it'll be like, <laughs> make Mario. Like, try to make Mario. And I've actually thought about that for writing. Like, I think it would be really interesting to be like, write Harry Potter book one. You know what I mean? Like, try to write that in your own words. Like, you have the story, you have the characters, now you write it. (laughs) And, you know, it kind of, it gives you the exercise of writing a story, but without the pressure of, like, coming up with your whole cast of characters and all their relationships. You already know all that, but now you have to actually write it, I think would be a good exercise in writing. So I think sometimes World Shop is a little bit of that, where I've pretty closely been very literally inspired by almost one yeah. thing before and just kind of been like, well, this is yeah. my take on it. Or- so we're going to um, go ahead and close this one up. I remember when you started these, these episodes, it said that you wanted to end a little bit early because of uh, your wife just got back and it's the usual time as usual. <laughs> we have been recording for uh, over two hours. Um, anyways, thank you for listening. Um, quick shout outs to Mr. Ginger Ninja, um, who gave us a bunch of prompts for a few episodes. I have, Oh, yeah, I will definitely read a couple of them. And I actually put a couple of them on the list already. So thank you so much. Um, So one, he said, sentient races, sorry, the sentient race relies on behemoths, which I really like that idea. It kind of reminds me of Breath of the Wild almost with the Divine Beast. I do like that idea. I do like that idea. Um, That's a solid idea. World, which I technically already did, but I definitely want to go back to do. Yeah, I definitely I want to do it yet, again. So I'll do um, that. You can't build on the ground, and I call this the Flora's Lava World, which I'm I'm actually really <laughs> excited to see what we can do with that one. Um, the world shape a world shaped like a pyramid, and then I put the addendum of or just a not spherical world. Um, okay, cult I like warfare, that one. and then man hmm. versus Superman. The literal words, not the play. So like the idea of a Superman, I'm pretty sure is what he means. Okay. The pyramid world is going to be the one where, you know, like sometimes you've, we've had a prompt and you're like, man, I really have no idea what to do with this. I'm like, well, in the first line, you say the world's shaped like a pyramid and then you <laughs> no, write whatever. I actually you want. really <laughs> like the idea of it not because most of my worlds recently have been spherical and I really like the idea of doing either a pyramid or just doing something that's not 
round and that's really cool so he sent like two dragons eating each other yeah two dragons eating each other yeah so he sent a lot of good ones that i'm definitely i put i think three or four of them on the list already but yeah we're definitely going to be implementing so thank you also if you want to get your prompt ideas on the show please email me at worldshoppodcast at gmail.com i will personally respond to you and i will personally put these on the list so, he will personally make you cookies and send them. Yeah, I mean, if you want me to send you cookies, they might get a little, like, messed up in the mail, but I will. <laughs> like, I'll try for you because, like, really, just anybody who actually listens and, like, interacts with the show, thank you so much. I've got a few tweets from people. Thank you so much for listening because like when we first started this i didn't think anybody was even gonna listen yeah no i'm 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 happy with the amount of yeah. listeners that we have i mean like, i it's didn't cool. ever think we we're gonna be famous and i don't care about be, <laughs> being famous but i do appreciate the people who do listen and do reach out saying that they like the show so thank you very much and anyways that's been our episode you can catch me at um almost at the wonderinggamer.com. Um, you can catch me at something against zero zero at twitch.tv and Cody, where can they find you? Check me out on my other podcast, the wandering gamer network, where we play actual play podcast. Let's play podcast. Actual, actual play. It's play. Actual, actual play, play when play. it's a podcast. Yep, yep. We do actual play podcasts and let's plays on YouTube. Right. Um, right now we are doing outlaws wanted, which is a homebrew of powered by the apocalypse. And we are also going to be starting city of mist soon. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. Bye.